What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am John. I'm your host. I'm going to be your host all week. Except for tomorrow. Mark is out. So I will be running the show. But then again, during the season, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I pretty much do that anyway. So you guys used to hear my voice. So that's cool. We will have Patty Smith on with us later in the show. She has got a tremendous event going on tomorrow in Houston that you do not want to meet. You do not want to miss. You don't want to miss it. This is going to be if you have it's the right way of saying this. If you have a if you have a Jones for Houston sports, then this one is for you. And Patty has been with us for a long, long time, but she's now at the Houston, Harris County Houston Sports Authority, and she's got a tremendous event going on Tuesday. And you do not, you don't know, you don't want to miss it. So, Patty essentially coming on serves as a reminder for that. We will also have on with us tonight Joe Webb, Jolton Joe Webb, who I'm not really sure that Joe Webb knew who Jolton Joe was when Mark asked him that. So. He kind of had this quizzical look, but that's kind of dating yourself in some sense. I mean, it is a dated reference. It's a dated reference for me, but since I follow baseball history, I knew exactly who Jolton Joe was. Maybe Joe knew, and I just got the impression that he really didn't know who Jolton Joe DiMaggio was. Because Mark will call him Jolton Joe on the air, and I don't know, maybe for some of you it goes over your head too, but either way, Joe Webb's going to join us later in the show as well. Now, we've had all kinds of yeah, what's the right word? Noise? Stuff? Interesting things going on the last few weekends. I mean, last Friday was the first Friday we didn't have news for like three weeks. So we kind of got things all together for Friday's show and then thought, okay, here's our plan, and maybe the plan has to change. And Well, it didn't for the first Friday in three weeks. So things have been a little crazy, if you will. And I think in some sense what it's done is sort of glossed over the fact that we got a season coming up. It's coming up very quickly. The players are out on break. They are getting some much-needed rest and relaxation, and hopefully they're gearing up for July 24th. I think that's going to be report day. I think July 25th is the first day of training camp, I believe. Oh, man. It's a month. I just I did the math. Holy cow. Today is June 24th. The players report on July 24th. And I believe the first day of training camp practice is the 25th. Holy cow. We're a month away from the players reporting. This is unbelievable. Oh, that got me excited when I just thought about that, when I did the math on it. Now, it means that the season's coming up and the opponent's coming up as well. And you know who they are. Atlanta, Carolina, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, AFC, NFC South. Got the AFC West, Kansas City, the LA Chargers, Oakland, Denver. You've also got the two that you match up with in the AFC based on where you finished last year. You finished first place last year, so you get to face two first-place teams. That means Baltimore and New England. So obviously you face all four first-place teams in the AFC. Well, three of them because you were the first-place team last year. And the other one uh, would be the Kansas City Chiefs, but you were planning on playing them anyways because the AFC West is in rotation. So Baltimore and New England, you play based on first-place efforts on all of those. And then... You've got Jacksonville, Indianapolis, and Tennessee in the division. So I figured, you know what? Let's kick the show off thinking about the season and thinking about the players we will play. And, yes, the Texans face some tremendous quarterbacks in no certain order. 
Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, Drew Brees, Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Phillip Rivers, Derek Carr, Joe Flacco, potentially. I say potentially because it's later in the season. And Joe has not gotten to the end of the season. Plus, also, Drew Locke was drafted, so there you go. Nick Foles, Andrew Luck, and Marcus Mariota, presumably, unless it ends up being Ryan Tannehill. The one thing that stood out to me on that list as I read them, there's not one rookie. Not one rookie. Now, Drew Locke could be in Denver. Could be. But his second-round pick, probably not. There, there are no rookies on that list. There are veterans. There are pro bowlers. There's Matt Ryan, pro bowler, and MVP. Cam Newton, pro bowler, MVP. Jameis Winston's gone to a pro bowl. I think everybody in, a- in NFC South, Drew Brees, obviously, is a pro bowler. Lamar is going into his second year. Lamar Jackson with the Baltimore Ravens. Some guy named Brady you know about. Patrick Mahomes was last year's MVP. Philip Rivers has been a Pro Bowler. Derek Carr's Pro Bowler. Joe Flacco one time won a Super Bowl, and I don't think he's ever gone to a Pro Bowl, though. Nick Foles, Super Bowl MVP. Andrew Luck, you know what he's done, Pro Bowler. And Mariota. Mariota's the only quarterback on this list that's been in the league longer than a couple of years that has not been a Pro Bowler, if I've done my math right. I could be wrong in all that, but I don't think Flacco's ever gone to a Pro Bowl. That said, we know the quarterbacks they play. But what about the other offensive players? The other offensive players, let's say it that way. The non-quarterback offensive players. And boy, there are some good ones on this list. So we're going to kick off the show with the alternate 11 non-quarterbacks that the Texans face in 2019. Now, I got to have my music, and there it is. We always start off the alternate 11 with some honorable mention. Others receiving votes. Here are some of the players that I did not put in the alternate 11. Starting with Atlanta Falcons wide receiver Calvin Ridley. New Orleans Saints tackle Ryan Ramchek, University of Wisconsin. Tennessee Titans running back Derrick Henry, I think may have been one of the most improved players the Texans saw. Well, they saw the improvement after he played the Texans, thank God. Keenan Allen, Chargers wide receiver. I know you're whoa, wait a second. No Keenan Allen? Uh, yeah, that tells you how stout this list is going to be. Running back Melvin Gordon of the LA Chargers, also as Keenan Allen with the LA Chargers. And then I put offensive tackle Cam Robinson. I think one of the bigger issues last year with the Jags was, yes, Blake Bortles uh, took about five steps back. But a bigger issue to me was the fact they didn't have Cam Robinson left tackle. And then everybody else along the offensive line got hurt, and then it was a feeding frenzy, especially in Week 17 here. So Cam Robinson, to me, is a bigger piece and a much more important piece than anybody else. And, yes, that does include Leonard Fournette. You know, you guys have heard me for a few years now say, I do not think Fournette is – all that a bag of chips. I think he's a good player, but I don't think he is Ezekiel Elliott, Todd Gurley class. I don't think he's in that class. I don't think you put him in the Le'Veon Bell class. You, he's definitely not Saquon Barkley. But that said, I think Cam Robinson is probably the most important offensive piece in Jacksonville, not named Nick Foles. So there you go. All right. So let's get the ultimate 11 players the Texans are going to face this year. On the offensive side of the ball, the non-quarterbacks, and I start with number 11. Now, this is a name you're going to go, wait a second. You just put this guy in the ultimate 11? Well, when I tell you Mitchell Schwartz, Schwartz, it's a little bit, it goes back in time for me. And the reason I say that is because Mitchell was a sophomore, I think, at Cal. And they were playing University of Miami in a bowl game. And it was actually out in where the San Francisco Giants play baseball. And I don't know what the stadium's called now. It's Pac-Bell, it used to be AT&T, whatever. I don't know what it's called. But I remember watching that night, and I was like, whoa. I couldn't take my eyes off this number 72. I'm like, who is this? 
I look it up. It's Mitchell Schwartz. And I'm like falling in love with this guy every single rep. Every rep. This guy is just absolutely phenomenal. And he gets to the Kansas City Chiefs and has not only solidified that offensive line, he's, he's taken it to a whole different level. He was named second team all pro last year. He was originally with Cleveland, second rounder at Cleveland, but he then signed with Kansas City, and he's been unbelievable. 16-game starter last year, has not missed a single snap in his career, second-team All-Pro. He creates a ton of issues on the right side of the formation. Now, Eric Fisher's on the left side, former number one pick. I'll take Mitchell Schwartz all day, every day, put him at number 11. Number 10 is C-Mac, Christian McCaffrey. Running back, the Carolina Panthers. Now, he's not your traditional running back. You're going to give him the ball uh, 300 carries in a year. You're not going to do that. Last year, he had 219 carries, but he averaged over five yards a carry. He had 1,098 yards, seven touchdowns, but he also had 107 receptions. He went over 1,000 yards, almost 1,100 yards, and had over 100 receptions, 867 yards. He accounted for 13 total touchdowns. He does it as a receiver. He does it as a running back. He is the perfect complement to Cam Newton. Throwing the ball in the backfield, line him up out wide, throw him the football, hand him the football. He can run inside. He averaged over five yards a carry. He had 80 receptions as a rookie in 2017. He had 107. He's averaging 93.5 catches per year. Now, he doesn't have a ton of yards because he's a running back, so there's certain routes he's going to run. But 107 catches, Christian McCaffrey had put at number 10, which feels yeah, maybe a little bit low. But then when you hear who's at number nine, you're going, wait a second. Holy smokes. This list, my gosh, this ultimate 11 is crazy. At number nine, the Super Bowl MVP, Julian Edelman. Last year, oh, he was down a little bit from when he played in 2016. 2016, he had almost 100 catches. He had 98 catches, 1,100 yards. Last year, he was coming off an ACL tear. He had 74 receptions, 850 yards, six touchdowns. But the real story of Julian Edelman's year came into playoffs. He was the Super Bowl MVP. The Chiefs couldn't stop him. Tom Brady went to him over and over and over in that Chiefs game. He destroyed the Rams in the Super Bowl. Super Bowl MVP Julian Edelman comes in at number nine. At number eight is Q, Quentin Nelson. Arguably the best lineman the Texans are going to face this year and every other year. I think he is going to be, he was a pro bowler last year. He was, I believe, all pro as well. He's going to be a first-team All-Pro and a Pro Bowler for the next 12 years. My hope is that after four years, he gets disgruntled in Indianapolis and wants to go somewhere else because we got to face that joker twice a year. He was my number one player in Harris 100 heading into the 2018 draft. He was drafted number six overall to Indianapolis, which I did not want, and he is a star in the making, and we got to face him twice a year. I put him at number eight. Gosh, he probably should be a little bit lower than that. But I put him at number eight. Number seven, the Texans got to face Mike Evans. Last year, Mike got back to his his typical numbers. He dropped off a little bit in 2017. But last year, 86 catches, 1,524 yards. He averaged nearly 18 yards a catch. He had eight touchdowns. He is a monster. He is six foot six, 225 pounds. And if you've seen him up close, you go, how does, how does the defensive back cover you? What do they do? Mike Evans I put at number six. Now, I battled with seven and six because there's a part of me that thinks that Antonio Brown's best football is behind him. But we haven't gotten to that level yet. 
last year even missing the last game of the year. He had 104 catches for almost 1,300 yards and 15 touchdowns. 15. Now, he goes out to Oakland, playing with the Raiders. He'll be the mark guy. He'll see double teams. He'll see everything. Derek Carr is going to probably have to force him the football. But, look, they signed Tyrell Brown. Uh, excuse me, Tyrell Williams as well. They drafted Josh Jacobs. They've put a few weapons around him, but Antonio Brown's going to be the straw stirring a drink. I don't know that he'll get to 100 catches in Oakland. But the level of respect that he will command is off the charts. And number five is T.Y. Hilton. Now, I don't need to tell you a single number. I just know that when T.Y. Hilton walks in NRG Stadium, every single Houston Texan fan just, uh, you just know. T.Y. there's only one time where the Texans, I want to say, locked him up. That was 2016. And locked him up. And that's the one game the Texans have won at home since 2012. And even in 2012, to get off the schneid, Andrew Luck as a rookie found T.Y. Hilton for a touchdown. A deep ball. Believe it or not. T.Y. Hilton's at number five. Oh, boy. I probably could have put him at number four because of how much he kills the Texans. But at number four, I went Alvin Kamara. Now, I started thinking about this as I as I put this together and I was like wait a second Kamara I got a number four and McCaffrey's at number 10 did I did I mess that up a little bit did I did I overshoot in some sense with McCaffrey being too low or too high and Kamara being too low maybe but to me it's the explosiveness Kamara had 194 uh, rushing attempts 883 yards 14 touchdowns he had 81 receptions and four touchdowns so he counted for 18 touchdowns to me he's just a tad bit more explosive and dangerous in his offense yes McCaffrey volume wise gets more but Kamara explosively dangerous in that offense and yes he's got some help around him which leads me to number three Michael Thomas his teammate at wide receiver some think he is the best receiver in the game we all know who the best receiver in the game is and he lives in this locker room but 125 catches for over 1,400 yards and nine touchdowns. Michael Thomas is that guy for the New Orleans Saints. With Thomas and Kamara, it's hard to pick between either one which one's more dangerous. I think it's all in how they match up with the opponent. They're both going to create issues for the Texans. I put Kamara at four, Michael Thomas at three. Now, the guy I have at two, you might think, wait a second. He's really? You put him at two? Now, keep in mind, I'm not doing quarterbacks. These are non quarterbacks but every time that Travis Kelsey steps on the field against the Houston Texans it is a problem and last year he had 103 catches for over 1300 yards and 10 touchdowns those are receiver numbers and look he's not really a tight end I mean he's tight end wide receiver kind of hybrid but he'll block his butt off he's 6'6 260 he is exactly what we want Holly Waring and Jordan Akins to be this guy is an absolute dude, and he crushes the Texans every single time. Travis Kelsey at number two. And at number one, it's a guy, luckily, we face every four years. But if DeAndre Hopkins is not the best receiver in the league by your definition, not by mine because he's number one. Julio Jones is number two. 113 catches, over 1,600 yards, only had eight touchdowns. It took him a while to get those touchdowns. But he's 6'3", 220, and he is a matchup nightmare. And for that, I think ee, I really worry about him coming into NRG Stadium. Julio Jones at number one. So there you go. All right, coming up next, it's Jolton Joe Webb. We'll try to explain who Jolton Joe is next right here in Texas Access. 
Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back to our Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am your host, John Harris, football analyst and silent reporter. Glad to be with you. And it's time to turn it over to Joel Webb. Now, I'll ask you this question because Mark starts this question off for Joe. Do you know who Jolton Joe was? Now, we use that nickname probably a lot. Some of you may not even know who that is. So think about that as well, we talk with Joe Webb about anything and everything, playing quarterback, playing special teams, his role, this team. He's such a fun guy to talk to. Here is Jolton Joe Webb. So if I call you Jolton Joe Webb on the air, is that good or is that okay? Like if I have a nickname or something? Or do you not want Joe that? Joe Webb, uh, Spider Webb, uh, <laughs> whatever you want to call Spider Webb, that's not bad. Jolton Joe, That's that might be a dated reference, though. Yeah, I, but it's it's okay, though. You know who Jolton Joe is, right? Yeah, okay, it's a dated reference. <laughs> yeah, it's so dated, but not bringing it back. <laughs> We're trying to bring it back. We're trying to bring it back. Joe, is there anything on a football field after a year we're convinced that you could do anything? Is there anything on a football field that you can't do? Well, I would say long snapper. You know? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I did it in high school. But See? Know. Uh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You did it in high school, so you could do it if you needed to. But I would imagine that's what makes you so valuable to any team you've ever been on, obviously, to us. The fact that you could do anything on a team. Somebody gets banged up a receiver, you go out in the game. Somebody a quarterback, somebody in special teams. Like, you can go in there. When you look at your career and you look at it that way, what does that say to you that you have that versatility that you can play any position on a field when you're asked? Well, first of all, I just I love playing ball. I love being on the field. I have a great passion for the game. And one of the first things I heard once I got into the NFL was the more you can do. Now, that's all people were saying. More you can do, more you can do. So I kind of took that and ran with it. Yeah, you definitely did because uh, receiver, quarterback, whatever else you could possibly do, you made it out on the field as a receiver last year (laughs) here. How tough is practice for you? Because you kind of have to know a little bit of everything out there. How does that go for you on a week-to-week basis, Joe? Uh, It all depends on our opponent. You know, we have an opponent, you know, know, which is a scrambling quarterback, a running type of quarterback. You know, know, I had to to fill in that role. Right. You know, and – and then also at the receiver role also, so special teams. I mean, man, I'm running all day. I barely yeah. get breaks. <laughs> My only break is like when field goal team is up. <laughs> Did you ever kick field goals? No, don't answer that because we already know the answer. Joe, I remember the day that you were in the building and you were going back up to sign your contract. And you've been around the league for a while and you've seen it from a lot of different angles. But was there any – uh, nervousness or anxiety this off season about where you're going to be, or did you always feel like if I get the opportunity, I want to come back to Houston? Yeah, man, I feel like Houston is a you know a great place for me. You know, it, it, it feel like home. You know, it's back in the South. You know, I'm from Alabama, so I'm used to the heat. Yeah. You know, it's 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 a great atmosphere. You know, it's a football state. You know, which is I'm I'm familiar with yep. from being from Alabama. So, I mean, it's it's a great place for me, man. What was it like seeing what Deshaun Watson went through last year as a quarterback and the beating he took and the ability to stay out there on the field, make plays, take the bus, whatever it took in order to play? I think it showed a lot, you know, the um, the willingness he's he's able to take, you know, to will his team to win. You know, uh, you know teammates saw him, you know, come to the sidelines with pause. You know, no matter what happened on the field, he always had pause about himself. You know, he always had that competitive spirit, you know. So I, I think it shows a lot for him, you know, just 
you know, no matter how's the how the game's going, you know, good ups and downs, you know, he always, you know, pours about and competitive, ready to win. Joe, you were on, I believe, all special teams last year, and and obviously people see you know QB by your name. That's your position. You play quarterback. You do a lot of different things, but special teams in particular, it felt like last year's group, especially kickoff. I'd see the guys go out for kickoff, and it was like. You guys seem to have a different vibe around playing special teams, like you and AJ um, and Peter Kalambayi and the guys you had out there, amongst others. It just felt like, hey, this is our time to shine. And, and you knew what your role had to be for that game. How difficult is that for younger players to look at playing special teams and go, okay, this is my role. I'm going to accept it because they look at you and they see you doing that. What's that like for younger players to have to try and accept that role to play on special teams? And how do you look at that role, special teams? Uh, I look at it, you know, uh, it is one of the most important, you know, things in the game. You know, a lot of people don't think of special teams like that, but it's all about field position. And it's, it's all about momentum change. You know, it, it, it can make a big difference in the game. You know, you go out there and you, you hit the punt returner, he fumbled the ball, you pick it up. You know, it's a, it's a momentum swinger. Yep. So, you know, you tell young guys like that, man, hey, you could build your career off of special teams. You know, you might not be a starter right now, but it'll help you work your way up into being a starter. So, uh, it, you know, those young guys coming in now, you know, they more and more they start to understand. And Coach O'Brien, he always emphasizing special teams, special teams. So uh, I think we go get better. We're going to be a lot better this year and uh, continue to build on it. How important is that locker room chemistry whatever you guys have together as a bond, as players. You've been around a lot of different locker room situations. What do you think of the one here? It's a, it's very, it's a very unique bond that's, that's being built right now. Um, a, lot of guys, not a lot of new guys coming in. You know, I see guys who was here before, you know, go up to them, hey, man, what's your name, where you from, you know, trying to get the norm. And it, it's not more so about, no, it's about me, me, me. It's more so like, hey, man, we're going to need everybody that's in the locker room right now in order to win, you know, in order to get over this, you know, first-round hump, this wild card, wild card hump, and we trying to pursue the Super Bowl. So uh, we know that for a fact we need everybody. You know, it's it, yes, we out there competing, you know, to make one another better. But at the end of the day, hey, man, I got your back. You got my back. I need you. You need me. All right. You ready for some either-ors? I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> I've got a list of like 22, and I'm just picking ones that I feel like will fit. So, for Joe Webb, let's start very easy. Are you an NBA fan? NBA fan. Okay, all right. <laughs> Clay Thompson or Steph Curry? Still. Everybody's saying Steph. <laughs> Are the people not see? Like, I would have thought you would have picked Clay Thompson. Clay, Clay is a great player. Don't get me wrong. I think Steph can create more shots for himself than Clay. Yeah. I just think Clay does the all round. That's why. Yeah, right. he does the defense. Yeah, yeah. you're right. All right. So let's go this one. Giannis or Kawhi? Giannis. We're starting to, like we're starting to go the other way, Mark. <laughs> yeah. We're starting yeah. to go the other way. You can be the CEO of a company, either Facebook or Netflix. Netflix. Okay. I like that. I like that answer. You can relive one athlete's life from beginning to present day. LeBron or Michael? Michael. I like it. I like it. That's a little bit old school coming out right like there. Michael, <laughs> right why, away. Why Jordan? Jordan, I mean, he he has a unique story. You know, a lot of people don't know he got cut from the high school team. Yep. You know, yeah, he got cut, so he had to bounce back from that. You know, if he don't make his high, high school team, he don't go to North Carolina. He right. don't go to the Bulls. So, you know, um, and you know, I, I just I, 
I grew up watching Jordan. You know, I remember watching regular season games, you know, yeah. make sure you had to do your homework early just so you could watch the games. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. So who'd you grow up rooting for, though? Like what team? For the Bulls. It, it was definitely him. It was the Bulls, yes. What about the Birmingham Barons, too? I did. <laughs> I watched him play when he played for the Barons. He I, did. I went to a game. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Was that weird to watch him play baseball? It was weird. <laughs> he struck out a couple times. But, hey, <laughs> the guy, hey, this fan still cheered when he struck out. Of yeah. course. I mean, it's, it's Michael Jordan. But, all right, all right. You kind of were good. We started getting some LeBrons. But we did get a lot of Michaels. Of course, Josh Ferguson was in here, and he was from Chicago, so he had to say Michael. So, so it was pretty good. Uh, last one, Old Town Road, either country or hip hop. <laughs> I would say I would say country. Just because Billy got on it. That yeah. exactly. Yeah. Billy's the one who changes. Yeah, it. Billy makes it country. Yeah, Billy All right. makes it country. Joe, All right. thanks a lot for being with us. Good luck this All year. Right, thank you. I'm not terribly disappointed that Joe Webb did not know who Jolton Joe DiMaggio was, but that's okay. It's all right. I like Spider Webb a little bit different. Joe Webb goes down to make a tackle. And Alvin Kamara caught in the spider web, tackled by Joe Webb. Uh, I could see that happening. I might have to. I might have to pitch that to Mark. He might have to do that from now on. So there you go. All right, coming up next, we've got a good friend of ours stopping by, Patty Smith, Harris County Houston Sports Authority. She is. She basically is the PR arm of that organization, and they've been running the Houston Sports Awards the last couple of years. Well, tomorrow they've got a tremendous event going down. And Patty stopped by to talk about that and a bunch of other things going on next on Texans All Access. One final segment of this Monday's edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am John. No mark this week, but we got you covered. Tomorrow, DP Sitter will be in. We'll have John McClain on Thursday. And also on Wednesday, I'm going to do – you heard me do my ultimate 11 non-quarterback offensive players the Texans face in 2019, that is a stout list. I, As I went through the list, I thought, man, there are some dudes on this. I only had – well, I had two offensive linemen that made that list, Mitchell Schwartz and Quentin Nelson. You want to hear the rest of the list, go check that out on our podcast page. And speaking of podcasts, we've got all kinds of them for you. In the Lab, Vandermeer's View, Deep Slant. DP just got through talking with our uh, equipment manager, our top-notch – I mean, this dude is just unbelievable, Mike Parson. He is incredible. He keeps things online. And that is a job, I swear to you, that I, I only think certain people could do it. I, there's no way I could ever go in and do that job. None whatsoever. And Mike makes it look easy. He makes it look easy, and I know how difficult that job is. So go definitely check that out. Deep Slant Podcast with our equipment manager, Mike Parson. Head equipment manager, is that be? All right. Great event going on tomorrow here in the city of Houston. And if you've grown up in Houston or adopted Houston as your home and you've really become a fan of Houston sports, then Tuesday's event is very, very cool. Even if you can't get to it, just know that what's going on on Tuesday is an incredible, incredible instance. And Patty Smith moved over to Houston County, Houston Sports Authority, and she is she's basically the person we talk to when anything is going down having to do with Houston Sports, Houston Sports Authority, Harris County, etc. Well, the Houston Sports Hall of Fame, presented by PNC Bank, is having an afternoon filled with diamonds, plaques, and Houston sports legends. 
I'll let her tell you the rest. Here's here's Patty Smith from Harris County Houston Sports Authority with Mark. Well, my good friend Patty Smith is here for the Harris County Houston Sports Authority. Patty, hello. Hello, Mark. It's been a while for us. Hasn't it? I mean, you know, we've done this so many times, talked on the air, talked on TV, radio, whatever the medium is. Actually, the last medium, you were on my medium. I was on your right? show. That wasn't that long All right, ago. Wait, when is your show on now? Tell everybody. Tell the listeners. The listeners. It is on Cube 57 mm-hmm. at 1030 on Friday night. We actually shoot it on Thursday afternoons at lunchtime at the House of Blues. So fans can come down, be a part of it. It's me, John Granado, Paul Gallant. We talk sports. We talk sports authority stuff, everything. Right. And um, yeah, and then there's the next day, Friday night. Now, the Cube lineup at night, they have some sitcom stuff, right? Do, yeah, you, do, do you know what what it is or no? Oh, yeah. I watch Friends every okay, night. Okay, so they have Friends on the queue. Every night, yeah. yeah. That's You know what? That's an audience builder right there. People yep. still love watching Friends, apparently. I do. That's what honestly puts me to sleep every I night. think you could have a Friends TV station. All they do is Friends. 24-hour Friends. Mm-hmm. And then have little clips. Courtney Cox, Jennifer Aniston. Who's your favorite if you were going to date one of them? Who, who's your girl? Well, look, I think it would be Jennifer Aniston, but I do love Courtney Cox. I think I would get along better with Courtney Cox. I do. And yeah. I've always felt that way before about her. Like, uh, even when she shot the Bruce Springsteen video, who's that girl on stage with Bruce? No. Well, that was like her very first yeah, that was. thing we ever saw. That's kind of retroactive for me, really. I, uh, I didn't feel that way about her at that time, but I've always liked her. I, I think that show... And, you know, I know some people say, oh, it's a chick show. No, it's not. That show's great for everybody. It's a very well-written show. And I, it, there's a reason why people still watch it all the time. Even more than Seinfeld, probably. That's more popular in reruns. Have you? Do you think you've seen every single episode? Probably. Yeah, for sure. You know, one time or another. Multiple times. Look, in radio, when Friends was really popular, when the lineup was Seinfeld, and then first it was Cheers, then Seinfeld, but then Seinfeld and whatever came. Oh, Mad About You, then Friends, then what was on at 930? Come on, somebody. I didn't watch any of that. You didn't watch prime. any of that? I didn't watch Friends when it was... F- Airing lot no, and I then ER start. came on at ten o'clock Eastern, nine o'clock it. Central. So when when that lineup was on, and, and I was doing morning radio at the time, you had and it was a music station. I was the sports guy, but we'd all chime in on topics. You had to watch those shows because that's what you talked about the next day. What happened on Friends? What happened on Seinfeld? That was your show topic matter the next day because everybody watched it. That mm-hmm. Thursday night lineup crushed. Those of us that were actually working in the games, Astros yeah. and Rockets games every night, did not watch that See, stuff, that's so. the thing. You worked 24 hours a day, all the months of the year, Rockets and Astros, and then when the Texans came into the picture, you were doing all the Texans shows. Yeah, I never watched primetime TV, no, right. nothing. Now I watch it late at night as reruns. Were you doing rodeo back then, too? Oh, geez. I've only done rodeo for maybe... What eight nine years? So a okay, little bit. Only, yeah, only. That's a lot of uh, rodeo stuff. That's a lot of rodeo. That's a good show, though, right? It's a great. It's a great, great performance. It's a great show from top to. I mean, people think, I don't know. You know, when they're everybody's waiting for the rodeo lineup to come out for the concerts, and but the show itself that starts, you know, at seven o'clock from the bull riding and the bronc. It's just. It's I, just love great. I, I love that. I love it. I think people make, and I know the rodeo has to have the concerts to fill the building completely, but I think the rodeo itself, not enough is said about it. And the show you guys do, it's great. The announcing is terrific. It is by far the best. I mean, not, I'm not even saying that because I'm a part of it, but 
blows any other rodeo in the, in the world away. Best, biggest and best rodeo in the world. Well, out of all the ones I've been to, oh, wait a minute. Uh, but it's, I'll tell you, when I moved here and I first saw them put that whole thing together, I was so impressed as an outsider coming in. And now I, I don't miss it any year. All right. So Patty Smith is with us. Harris County Houston Sports Authority. You had the Houston Sports Awards this year. You announced the Houston Sports Hall of Fame class that would be going in and tomorrow what is happening well yes we inducted them the four hall of famers back Mm -hmm. in february and of course those four hall of famers being jackie burke aj foyt george foreman and dan pastorini and then tomorrow on tuesday is our hall of fame day that's where we actually bring them out to our uh to the house of blues and to our walk of fame there at green street and we present them with their Hall of Fame rings. They've got each have individual beautiful diamond, just beautiful rings that uh, Fred Cuellar from Diamond Cutters International made for them. We present them to them. Then we walk outside uh, to the Green Street Promenade there. And um, there right now we've got the three plaques already in place. Earl Campbell, Nolan Ryan, and Hakeem Olajuwon from last year. We will unveil their four new plaques um, very much like a uh, Hollywood Walk of Fame unveiling the red carpet, the people, the fanfare um, and that all happens tomorrow oh that is so cool yeah, i love the, this. the inside part is um is a private ceremony um where they get their rings but the right. outside portion is open to the public so people can come down look over the rails um you know so you're encouraging guys. people to come down I, I am i'm a little concerned to encourage too much i don't want yeah. uh you know forty two thousand people coming down but there's you know there's room for a few hundred um you know maybe a thousand people um it, it's just it's a very quaint private exclusive cool event now what if you can't make it are you going to rely on tweets and things like that uh, uh are you going to yeah, stream actually, it what do you think yeah we'll be facebook living it oh, okay uh, yeah on the harris county houston sports authority facebook page so you can watch it live there we'll have you know every this thing was so well covered last year um every single station will be out there shooting it you'll see it you know on the news you'll see tweets so uh, actually we trended last year the top three uh, trends on Twitter were all um, were all from us from Hall of so Fame. So cool, yeah. It's it's very cool. All right, so Jackie Burke, I love this. I mean, I, I've I've heard so many Jackie Burke stories up at Champion, still heavily involved in everything that goes on up there, and basically built the club. Dan Pastorini cannot say enough about Dante, who I think that if had he wanted to, he could be the biggest media star in this town as a member of the media. Never mind playing quarterback for the Oilers, but if he wanted to go in that direction and do shows and everything, I think that's something he just never really wanted to do. He'd rather be him, which is a great thing to be. Yeah, absolutely. He he's he's got it pretty good. He pretty much uh, goes where he wants and does what he wants. So, uh, but I, I agree with you. He can he can probably do anything he wanted to do. So George Foreman. Now I'm going to show my kid the When We Were Kings movie, which featured Muhammad Ali and George Foreman, The Rumble in the Jungle, back in the 70s. This is George Foreman 1.0. And George Foreman came back, what, in the 80s, right, as an old boxer. He was in his 40s or whatever. George Foreman 2.0 and started knocking people out. And the grill was out and everything. He's had such a great career. He's one of the most beloved athletes ever, never mind Houston, but everywhere. And I think that in some ways we just don't talk enough about him. I'd like to see more of him. We used him on the big board here once for, it might have been a playoff game. But Foreman is really fun to just watch him operate interviews, whatever. Oh, he's phenomenal. His his personality is bigger than life. I mean, you saw him at Sports Awards. He got up there on the stage, and Bill Worrell yep. made some comment to him about 
just what you said, the rumble in the jungle, all these big things, and, and people know you for this little grill that cooks hamburgers, yeah. and he just went into character and whipped out the card, and it's the lean, mean, fat machine, and he just, he you can't help but to love the guy. Everyone mm-hmm. loves him, and of course he you know, went through here just this year. I think this is the first time we'll be hearing or seeing from him publicly since he tragically lost one of his daughters. Yeah. Um, so uh, the guy's incredible, and, and I think people forget that he actually lives here in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably don't see he's, – he's hard to get to. He's hard right. to get a hold of. Um, he's very busy doing a, a lot of different things. So um, the fact that he's going to be there is uh, – it's, it's just huge. But you've got everybody's number. I mean, I want to see your contact list. It's got to be tremendous. It's impressive and valuable. Yeah, of course. Okay, AJ Foyt. He's a, he's something. He's a. Um, I mean, you talk about legends, and you talk about bigger than life. Um, this guy, much like George, you know, you're not talking just about being a, a big deal in Houston. This guy is one of the greatest race car drivers of all time right. um, on a, not just a national level, level, a worldwide level. But yeah, he's got, he's got his shop out there in Waller, which is incredible. All his cars are out there. Um, he's, he's, he's phenomenal. And he, he we joke because he, when we went and told him he was going to be inducted into the hall of fame, he's like, well, it's about time I get inducted into my own hometown. I've, you know, he's in 10 yeah. other hall of You know, of this fans. just started. Yeah. I'm like, it's only, this is what Worrell said to him. It's just the, really the first year we've kind of done this beyond the, the inaugural one. So uh, it was kind of funny, but, um, and now he's totally into it. He's got more guests coming than any of the other three. Oh, that's he's bringing, great. I, so he's, I think, very proud of it. And um, we just, we couldn't be more proud of this class. All right, so it's going to be tomorrow, mm-hmm. Houston Sports Hall of Fame. The plaques will be unveiled. Yes, the um, event starts at 3. Um, the plaques will probably be, by the time we get everybody outside and get that going, you know, 340, 345-ish. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if anybody wants to come down and be a part of it, um, feel free. Um, it's uh, we, we're, we're trying to make this... We keep this event, again, kind of intimate, but um, PNC is our presenting sponsors of this now, so we try to make it a little bigger and better each year, and um, this year is going to be really, really cool. Okay, so the Houston Sports Awards, what's going to happen next year? It's February 6th, so tell me about it. What's the format? I want to know the winners, everything. What can you reveal? I can reveal to you nothing. What? Other than it is, as you know, two, two times you've been there, and it is... To my, I mean, not to take anything away from any other event in Houston, but it is the event in Houston, the sports-related event. That's not a game, mm-hmm. of course. Um, in Houston, uh, just the the star power in the room, the the you know the red carpet, just the um, extravagance-ness of it is. Um, it's just a great event, and I promise you, year three will be even better. Well, I think it's a great event. And I, I think I've said this to you before. It needed to be done. I think it needed to be done a long time ago. And it's one of those things that might be out there in the air, but the capacity, the ability to put it together and to do it well. I mean, I, I applaud you. You've done such a remarkable job with that event because people might be able to think of it. You know, Leonardo, uh, I was going to say Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo da Vinci actually invented a helicopter, but he didn't have the technology to build it. You know, people have the technology to do this, but maybe they just didn't have the right person and you're the right person and you've really done it extremely well. well. Thanks. I appreciate that. But it is not a person. I, mean, I know we, it's a I, team. And I'm, not, I'm not trying to be all nah. blah, 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 but we have an incredible team at the sports. Mm-hmm. Store. I mean, no, I, I know you know, you I've got, you know, all these ideas and, and I mean, truth be told, it's just, you know, you do something long enough and to back to my Rolodex, right. when you have the connections and the relationships. I can bring that to the table, yep. but I couldn't in any way, shape, or form pull off the the 
way it looks and the details. Which, but you get the people to show up. Like when I see that you're calling my phone, I often don't want to pick it up because I'm afraid that you're going to ask me. I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> you know I'm not going to take no for an answer. That's right. It's like, oh, boy. I'm going to have to do something. Yeah, All right, let's go. We're mean, going to the awards. Let's go. I feel kind of bad that I think when people see me pop up on their phone, that's what most people think. Oh, geez, I've got to do something. No, it's good. But I, you're always full of sunshine. But you know what? It doesn't matter because ultimately at the end of the day, at the end of the event, I mean, everybody was thrilled with it. Yeah. Loved it. They thank you. And they're going to take my call next time mm-hmm. because they want to be a part of it. See? And you toured the country going to other award shows to see what they were like just to get ideas or find out how these things are run, right? Or whatever. You explained that to me. Yeah. No, I did. I went to, um, you know, all kinds of, uh, all different cities and, uh, that do it individually. And then I went to some of the bigger ones. Uh, I went to the ESPYs. We just had a team, uh, in fact, this week that went to the NHL awards. Oh. Um, we So love, you're continuing to we, research. We continue to go and um, get ideas and, um, you know, it's funny because we just had a meeting this morning about the NHL awards and as great as they are, there was so many things and the, the, the unlimited budgets they have and all of that. Yeah. There's so many things about ours that is so much better mm-hmm. and that we feel like we do better. That comes across better. And, you know, so anyway, we, we try to, um, you know, improve on it every year and take the best of the best. Who, what city did a good job with this? You know what I liked? And it has, it's totally different than ours is St. Louis does the Musial awards uh-huh. and they, um, they don't do it anywhere near the same way we do because they've told us, yeah, we can't get the athletes to participate. So um, we don't even, they don't even try to do that. They kind of turned it into a sportsmanship award mm. and they find like six different great sportsmanship moments that just make you cry and celebrate those. Oh. And they, yeah. And then they, they honor like one person, like a Cal Ripken, and they build all these other great moments at every level around it. And it's just a phenomenally moving show, but very different than ours. Yeah. I don't want to cry too much. It's okay to cry it's a, a little. It's a happy cry. It's a, it's a, it's a joyous it is. cry. It is. It's like, you know what always gets me, and we do it here at the stadium too, when you have the veteran coming home and you surprise the family and the kids and they didn't know that dad was coming home or mom – and all of a sudden, it's a big surprise, and then they're crying, and they're hugging him. They can't believe it. Those always get me. That's yeah. like instant Niagara Falls. Yeah. I just thought I'd bring that up randomly. Well, well thank you for sharing that with, yeah, your, thank with you. your listeners. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm doing here, Patty. All right. Well, once again, it's tomorrow. It's at the Houston Sports Hall of Fame. It's around 345. Check out all the media coverage. I think Sports Radio 610 will be there. Yes, Sports Radio 610 will be live from, mm. what do they go, 2 to 6? Is that their time frame? Yes, there? they do. The triple threat, as it is. Yep, they will be out there live. They've supported it from day one, as have you, so I appreciate all of you. And, uh, yeah, come be a part of it. Thanks a lot, Patty. Thanks, Mark. What a badass event that we got going on in the city of Houston. There are many cities that could pull us off, but with Patty's help and the Harris County Houston Sports Authority's assistance, they have done a great job in doing this phase two the houston sports hall of fame launches with an interactive kiosk featuring the greater houston football coaches association the hall of fame class of 2019 received their rings and unveil their walk of fame plaques that's jackie burke george foreman aj foyt and dan pastorini that'll be at the house of blues tomorrow so you definitely want to see that if you can as you heard patty just say sports radio 610 will be out there and it is a great event, so definitely go check that out. All right, big thanks to Joe Webb, to Mark Vandermeer, of course, and to our good friend Patty Smith, Harris County Houston Sports Authority, and mainly to you for listening. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow, and as always, go Texans.